Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Adam Carricker on The Ticket on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Character on the ticket. I just got a text from Kyle, my man Jake, who is producing the show today, to just let me know when Kyle Vandenbosch is ready. He's going to be joining me any minute here, and I'm excited to talk about him. This is a guy I grew up watching him. I had the opportunity to actually watch film of him, okay, when I was on opposing teams, and we'd be watching... Like, I remember one time we were watching Drew Brees and the Saints. We were getting ready to play him, and he was he was on the Lions, and they had just played the Lions, and Kyle was on the film. And, man, that guy played with so much relentless energy and effort. I'm being told he's ready to go. Now, let me give him a proper introduction. All right, the man's about to join me. He's a former All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler, 12-year NFL vet, a second-round pick. Okay. Also a scholar-slash-male athlete of the year by four different publications. In the year 2000, a two-time first-team academic All-American, three-time All-Big 12 performer, including first-team All-Big 12 in the year 2000, three-time lifter, the year finalist, won the award twice, okay? And he's also the record holder for most blocked field goals in a game, 1999 versus Texas A&M, and in a season with three blocked field goals. Mr. Kyle Vandenbosch, how you doing, my friend? I'm well. How are you? Dude, I'm doing good, and I want to I wanna start off by a little bit of a sigh of relief from Husker Nation today. Your thoughts on Tony White staying as Nebraska's defensive coordinator. And again, he was just in that conversation for UCLA's head coach. They've hired Deshaun Foster, which means he's staying. What are your thoughts on Tony White staying? I think it's huge. Um, You know, I've had an opportunity to meet with him a couple of times. Um, He's a great leader, a great coach, a great mentor. Um, Obviously, I, I think as long as he's at Nebraska, um, he's going to be a part of, of other coaching searches just because of the quality of coach he is. Um, but, you know, he and, you know, some a couple of recent additions. But I, I think Coach Rule has put together a great staff. I'm excited about some of the additions they have coming. But um, the, the ability to keep Coach White, have some continuity with the defense, I, I think it'll be huge this upcoming season. I'm joined on the Aloe Fiber VIP line by former Nebraska defensive end Rush End, as they were called back then. All right, Kyle Vandebosch. Now, I'm sure you watched Nebraska last year. You watched the defensive line. They were the biggest question mark with so many young players coming into the season. All right, throughout the year, Ty Robinson, Nash Hutmaker, and the whole defensive line played so well. In, in your opinion, what helped them play so well in this 3-3-5 defense in, the, in their first year in the system? I mean, the biggest thing for me is, um, you know, having played D-line um, as you did, um, it's the ability to be disruptive, get in the backfield, make things happen, um, create some negative plays. But more than anything, um, you know, today's game, it, the more you can be in the quarterback space, be in his lap, be around his ankles, get hits, um, you affect the passing game. You can 
um, it, you know, I do uh, some radio now for the Cardinals and um, it, they're kind of a part of a rebuild right now. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in building a team from the inside out. You can make up for a lot of deficiencies um, on your defense if you have um, a solid stout defensive line, but more importantly, disruptive defensive line. If you're not um, asking guys on the back end to have to cover for three or four seconds, which very few people on this planet can do, um, then, you know, if you're, if you're wreaking havoc up front, uh, if, if, again, you're affecting the quarterback um, on almost every throw, then you, you do have the ability to make up for deficiencies, you know, if, if you have injuries or if you have guys that are, um, you know, kind of learning on the fly on the back end. Um, if you can do things up front, um, it, it really gives you the ability. To, and it also gives you some creativity and the ability to, um, you know, uh, disguise some things on the back end if you're not giving the quarterback time to be comfortable in the pocket. Now, with so many of those defensive linemen and just overall starters on that defense coming back for next year, how good do you think the Black Shirts can be next season? I think they can be great. Um, again, another year under Coach White's system. Um, you know, the ability to – I think the biggest challenge, um, it's not just for Nebraska, but for coaches in general, with, with so much roster turnover from year to year, is just finding out what players do best. Um, you know, I'm not a believer in – um, a, a good coach doesn't come in with his system and say, um, y- you know, this is what I do. This is what works. Um, I'm going to plug you in and you're going to have to learn it. Um, you have to be able to adapt to what players do well. Some players, um, y- you know, use different alignments. Um, they operate better in space. Some guys work better in a phone booth and in close quarters. And um, I think, you know, that learning process sometimes can happen quickly, sometimes can take a number of years. And, uh, you know, with the college football landscape with, um, you know, with transfers and, and, and guys um, coming and going and trying to find their right fit, you don't often have the luxury of having two, three years to find what they do best to develop these players. But, um, you know, in Nebraska's situation with so many returning players, um, you can really build off of what their assets are. Um, you know, utilize them and what they do well, put them in the right alignment so that they can go and, and you know, be most effective in the scheme. All right, as always, ladies and gentlemen, send me your questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, or otherwise to 402-464-5685. Now, we've got a young quarterback room, two true freshmen, Dylan Riola, Daniel Kalen. you got Heinrich Harburg coming back, who had five starts a year ago, so we have a total of Five career starts in our quarterback room right now, but a lot of talent. What are your thoughts on Dylan Raiola possibly starting next year as a true freshman? I think it's a real possibility. Um, you know, he's played at a high level at the high school game, um, has a dynamic arm, can put the ball anywhere, um, and, you know, has worked with uh, some of the top quarterback trainers in the country. So he has the knowledge. Um, he has the experience having played at, um, you know, some big high schools, playing at a high level at some of the bigger high schools. Um, so I, I think he does have that opportunity. You know, it, it is tough um, uh, with a true freshman really knowing what you have. Um, you know, again, the, the quarterback position, more than any, um, it just takes reps. And it's not just practice reps. That it's, it's live reps. So um, if – he does have an opportunity if he does get playing time or if he does earn the starting job, um, you know, it may take him some time to fill into form. Um, you know, very few true freshman quarterbacks 
um, you know, have it figured out um, their first season when if they get the nod. So, um, you know, I'm I'm as intrigued as anybody. Um, you know, I know um, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Um, like I said, he's got um, good experience. Um, you know, I I coach high school here in Arizona, um, and so I'm familiar with some of the things he did when he was playing here. Um, and and what he was able to do to lead some of his teams and playing under you know some high pressure situations so he's got all of that um, but it, you know with with the level of play in the Big Ten and some of the D lines he's going to face some of the elite athletes he's going to see on the back end and coverage um, it, you know teams are going to dial it up teams are if if he or I mean really with with three still fairly you know two true freshmen and one quarterback who doesn't have a ton of experience um you're gonna have to expect some of those things and account for them early you're gonna have to um you know build the offense around him um establish a good run game keep keep the balance in the offense so that um he he's able you know you don't put too much on his plate especially at the beginning I just got a message from Kim Kelly. She says, hi, Kyle, your mom crocheted a beautiful blanket for my daughter when she was born in 2000. Still have it. Great to hear you on here. All right, keep sending in those questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, or otherwise, 402-464-5685. Now, you were a three-time Lifter of the Year finalist, a two-time 1999-2000 winner of the award, and now you are a strength coach as well. So talk to me. I know people know it's important. Strength conditioning is important, but... I feel like it's the edge that Nebraska had for so long, and I feel like it's that edge that Matt Rule is trying to get in the Huskers' corner again. Just how big a deal is strength conditioning when done the right way, in your opinion? It's huge. Um, I know throughout my career, uh, both in college and the pros, my best friends, the people I spent the most time with, it's not the head coach, uh, it's not the defensive coordinator, it's not even my position coach, it's the strength coach. Um, and when you develop those type of relationships, you have that type of trust. Um, and, you know, the strength coach is there with you through the hard days, through the grind. Um, and um, having an opportunity uh, to meet Corey Campbell last spring, um, we, I sat down with him with my boys for a little bit, um, talked about his vision, talked about his philosophy, talked about what he's bringing to the program. And um, also um, one of my best friends, as I said, um, Ted Rath, he was one of my strength coach in Detroit. He went on to be the head strength coach for um, the the Rams when they won the Super Bowl. He moved on. Um, now he's um, at an even bigger role, kind of overseeing all aspects of athletic performance with the Eagles. And um, he was, you know, a part of, of the reason I believe that the Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year. Um, it's it's where the foundation is established, and it's not just a matter of. Um, you know, getting your players bigger and stronger. Look, that's, that's a huge piece of it. Um, and, you know, it's a huge piece of performance on the field. It's a huge piece of injury prevention. But the things you do in the offseason, the way you grind, the way you push each other, that's where most of the team building happens. You can't just expect to show up in training camp and, and build that type of unity. It's, it's the days where guys are picking each other up, pushing each other, um, you know, guys are throwing up and being encouraged to try to finish their lift, finish their workouts. That's where your team is built. In in those days where you grind, the the, the days that um, you know the fans don't see, that's where your team is built. And you know, I I'm a big believer in in what Corey Campbell and his staff um, are bringing 
Um, and now, again, having another year for him to establish that trust, establish those relationships with a lot of those players in the locker room to, um, you know, get uh, the, the, the type of not only equipment, but just the type of system that he wants for the players. Um, I, I think that that's going to really show this fall for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, let's talk a little bit of NFL, a little bit of Super Bowl. What were your thoughts on the game yesterday, the Super Bowl game? And I'm just going to ask you, because it's been thrown out there, and I think some people were, a lot, most people were joking at first. Now some people are starting to actually kind of take it serious. So your thoughts on the game as a whole and the insane idea that the NFL might be rigged in some way, shape, or form. All right, so I'll start with the second question. It's, it's ridiculous, and you know that as well. Um, players are out there to win. Uh, players have no part of that. Coaches are out there. This is their livelihood. Nobody's going to ever uh, purposely not give their best effort, um, regardless of what situation your team is in, and, and certainly in a playoff game. Um, so I, I guess I, I would like to put that to bed. They, you know, this we live in a world now where um, everybody you talk to has some sort of conspiracy theory about what's going on in the world. But I can tell you one thing: uh, professional football, it, it doesn't happen. It's never happened. Um, it's only, to my knowledge, only recently been a part of the conversation. So um, that's, that's absolutely not true. The game last night, um, phenomenal game. Um, it was a battle. Um, you know, um, I, I, I picked the Niners to win just because of the, um, the talented roster that they have. I mean, you've got a top three left tackle. You've got a top three tight end. You've got the best running back in the game. Um, you've got, um, you know, Devo Samuel, in my opinion, is a top five receiver. You've got Brandon Ayuk, who's really come out. Um, you've got the, the defensive line for the Niners, who's, who's got so much talent and disruptive. And you've got a pair of linebackers that's probably better than any tandem in the league. Um, so I just thought it was, it was too much talent. I'll tell you um, two things, in my opinion, won the game for the Chiefs. Um, you know, Brock Purdy played a good game, and I think he put a lot of the talk of game manager to rest because he did enough to win the game. Um, but but two things won the game for the Chiefs. Um, Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, you uh, the Niners kicked that field goal. Um, they left too much time on the clock. You know that in the very least that Patrick Mahomes is going to drive and get their team down to field goal range to send it to overtime, um, possibly win it at the end of regulation. And then when the Niners again had to settle for a field goal in overtime, I, I knew at that moment it wasn't enough. Um, so there's just certain players. Look, there was elite players and elite athletes all over that field, but Patrick Mahomes is an elite competitor. Um, he always seems to find ways to win games uh, when it matters the most and make the plays that teams need to make. And that's exactly what he did. It was also, um, in my opinion, a coaching masterpiece by – um, Andy Reid um, and Steve Spagnuolo. Um, Andy Reid, um, you know, just his play calling, his sequencing, um, you know, the, the, the scouting and evaluation he does. You know, early in the game, 
Um, they did like a zone read, but it, you you knew from the snap that Mahomes fully intended to keep it, knowing that Nick Bosa's aggressiveness, he was going to close down the back end. And with Dre Greenlaw out of the game, there was no linebacker to scrape over the top. Um, he got a 22-yard gain, and then in, in crunch time, um, in in overtime on fourth and one, they ran the exact same play, had the same result, picked up seven yards. And then to the play that won the game, um, the the Chiefs, uh, I think they called it um, corn dog motion is what he, what he called it. But um, you take one of your fastest players, um, you send him like he's running a jet sweep, he slams on the brakes and, and comes back and, and has leverage on the defense. And they, uh, they scored two red zone touchdowns in the Super Bowl uh, against the Eagles last year. And when it matters most, they ran the exact same play. This time it was against a zone, but they sent two tight ends out to kind of run a pick a little bit. And McCall Hardeman um, had leverage on the cornerback and got an easy touchdown to win the Super Bowl. And um, coaching masterpiece named Steve Spagnuolo has done it well for years in the league. Um, he, you know, he uh, essentially shut down a Ravens offense that was unstoppable all season two weeks ago. And then, um, just seemed to know exactly when to dial up blitzes in this game. Um, you know, heated heated up Brock Purdy at the exact right moments, um, and and I think that that was really the big difference in the game is just the the game planning and really the game flow and execution by that coaching staff. I agree with you. I I, I came on this show last week and I said the Niners are more talented. They have the better talent on their roster. I said I'm picking the Chiefs because of Mahomes, because they have the better defense, like output, maybe not overall talent, although they have a lot of freaking talent. And I said the coaches, and I said Steve Spagnola might be the best defensive coordinator in recent memory in the NFL. So a lot of similarities there. And for those who do not know, the offense on the 49ers has four first-team All-Pros, and then their two defensive ends, or the number two overall pick in the draft, the number three overall pick in the draft, and then everything else that Kyle said. So I completely agree. Last couple of questions here. All right. You played for the Lions for three years. You were a team captain here in Nebraska, team captain in Detroit. As a guy who played for the Lions, represented that city, had the C on the chest, what did it mean to you to watch Dan Campbell and Detroit almost get to the Super Bowl, but have the season they have and make it to the NFC Championship game? Yeah. Look, the Dan Campbell hiring, I think a lot of people kind of rolled their eyes um, hearing the way he talked, the way he wanted to run his team. Um, but he's exactly, he, he represents what the city of Detroit was about. It, it represents what I felt about the city of Detroit when I was there. Like, um, you know, nobody respects us. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough city full of tough people, and that's exactly who Dan Campbell is. And he has complete buy-in from his players. And, um, you know, it's, it, it was fun to watch what they were able to do this season and this is a team as I talked about I, I firmly believe you build a team from the inside out they had one of the best offensive lines in football and they had a really good defensive line and um, they leaned on them and um, it, it, to see them you know win in the playoffs and see what it did for that city to see the fans staying for you know what what was you know over an hour after the playoff wins and um, you know fans crying because they had waited so long um, it just felt good to for the city to be rewarded in that way. And it's unfortunate because, um, you know, they really played a good game um, when they lost and um, had every opportunity to win it. And it's just sometimes circumstances don't work out the way, um, you know, you hope. Um, but I think they'll be back. The team's built um, to sustain. You know, it was 
um, again, when you, you're built upon physicality, that carries over year to year. Um, sometimes a team can be gimmicky. Sometimes you can bring in a couple of superstars and, and really ignite a team. But, um, you know, when you're a tough team, you're built upon physical play. Um, that will last and carry over. So um, it's, it's disappointing that they weren't able to get to the Super Bowl. I think that would have been just fantastic for the city of Detroit. But at the same time, I think that they'll be back. All right, last question I got for you. I don't know if you remember this at all. I think it was going into my second year with the Rams, so it would have been 08. Okay, we had uh, our first preseason game was against the Titans. You were on the Titans, but we practiced against each other for like two, three days that week leading up to the first preseason game. And like we happened to run by each other at one point in practice, and you had like these red contacts in. I'm just going to be honest. You, you look like a maniac. And I mean that in a complimentary fashion. I was like, holy crap, this dude's nuts because we've never actually met in person, even though we've interacted via text and things like that. It's like, dude, this guy's crazy. Talk to me about, and then I watch you play. The effort was out of this world. I've never seen anyone in my life play harder than Kyle freaking Vandenbosch when I would watch opposing offenses, but the defensive unit of the Detroit Lions to be on the field, okay, because that's where you're at when I was first entered the league. Like, dude, you were all over the field with your effort and pursuit to the ball. But I, I've always wanted to ask you this. Talk to me about the red contacts. I'm curious about that. Okay. Thank, well, thanks for the nice words, first of all. But, um, yeah, so um, we were in training camp, and our trainers um, had said that they had these new contacts that Nike made. Um, they're really made for golfers and marketed for golfers, but – um, it was basically like wearing sunglasses in your eyes. And then, uh, you know, it seems like forever ago, but there was a time where training camp was actually tough when you actually had two a days, when you actually spent um, about yeah, six hours out in the heat and the humidity and yep. the sun. Um, and so I just started wearing them in training camp. You know, it was, uh, again, it was, you're not always squinting, um, take some of the glare out. Um, and then, um, I started wearing for preseason games and then, you know, it kind of became an intimidation thing as well. Um, and so um, I just, I wore them for as long as they made them. And then even uh, for whatever reason, Nike discontinued making um, the contacts. Uh, my trainer reached out to Nike and emptied out their supplies and whatever they had left, they had sent to the team. So I had a couple years supply even after they stopped making them, but um, it just kind of became part of the persona, um, you know, to um, just your point about, um, me playing with effort. I knew what I was. I knew who I was. I was never the best athlete on the field. Um, I was never going to overwhelm people um, with my strength or physicality. So I knew I had to play as hard as I could every single snap. And, and that's, that would be the thing that set me apart. And then um, as, as I kind of went on in the league, it became um, a responsibility. And I knew that people were watching me because People said, you know, watch this guy, watch how hard he plays. And I felt like I could never take a playoff in practice. I could never take a playoff in games because my teammates were watching. Um, other other players around the league were watching. Little kids were at home were watching um, because their parents were telling them, watch this guy, watch him chase the ball, watch his effort down the field. Um, and it just became, you know, it became who I was. And then, you know, I just, it, it was it was never even a second thought. I, I couldn't take a playoff. I could never trot to the ball or jog to the ball. It was just all out as long as I could, as hard as I could. And that was what I added to the team. Well, Kyle, I certainly enjoyed watching you when I was growing up. I enjoyed actually learning from you on film as a young NFL player as well. And I want to thank you for taking the time to join me today, my friend. Absolutely. It's a pleasure being with you. Thanks, Adam.
All right, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.